Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come and pray. Tassola Bekora Vietabrata. Jedododosa abrade geso cretistesto elevrevi embrini ishuria bafravabada nesogo. Haramesuli bingro. Hafremenedishli de fravista pravadea. E coria mandondo e desis adevedo elezisco. Hastriti e preti sestrafian centre da frenatos. For there is a place that you've not gone before. But there is a place that has been prepared, prepared for you. And so it's time to push into that place. It, seem, it will seem at first as though it's a little daunting. But it is not. For it is a place of great joy, a place of great peace, a place of great utterance, a place of great revelation a place of great anointing that you will ease into, that will become a place of peace, a place of rest, a place of joy in me. And so as you begin to walk into those places and into those times, you'll walk into some new things. You'll walk into some new answers. You'll walk into some new direction. You'll walk into some new revelation. So don't draw back, but press ahead into those things. Press ahead into that place, a place in the spirit realm, even, even a place that you've, you've seen into a little bit, but you'll see into more as you take the next step, the next step, the next step, the next step. Thank you, Father. The entrance of your word gives light, gives revelation, understanding, help. Glory to God. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, glory to God. I uh, want to let you in on, a, on a, some conversations that I've been having with, with uh, Brother Steve here about, about our worship. And that is when in, in the Word of Faith movement, that started in the mid-70s, 1970s, or began to really, you know, take off in the mid-70s. One of the uh, central, well, probably not a central thing, but a very important part of the revelation, the different things that the Spirit of God was emphasizing to us, was the importance of having a knowledge of God as Father. Father. Not just God, 
but Father. He's God to the world. They don't know him, but they know about him. And he's God. But to us, he is God, but he's so much more than that. There's a distinction in our relationship. He is our father. And this was uh, something that, that was central, I guess, in, in the Word of Faith camp, was uh, singing and talking about the father. But the, one of the problems with the, with the movement, the Word of Faith movement, was uh, if you back up a little bit, give a, a little context, every major move of God uh, has its own music. Every revival produced uh, music that, that came from that move of God, that revival. And in the past, the different uh, uh, revivals of the church, the Methodist revival, for instance, you know, you had uh, Charles Wesley, uh, John Wesley's brother. He was a phenomenal hymn writer. And he wrote hundreds and hundreds of, of, of hymns that, that sprang from the experience and what God was doing. And different revivals down through history has, has produced uh, their own revivals. The Pentecostal outpouring, the Pentecostal movement that began in the early 20th century and, and spread very rapidly uh, in those first uh, 50 years of, of the Pentecostal movement produced some wonderful uh, songs and hymns and so forth. And they were distinctive. Uh, some of the hymns of previous years were more, uh, maybe more elegant or more uh, uh, classic some of the songs that came out of the Pentecostal movement were more homespun sounding. I don't know if there's a, if there's a better way to say that. But there was a difference. But, but uh, in any of these movements, you would have songs that were fairly developed. In other words, you would have a chorus, you would have multiple verses. And whatever the chorus or whatever the song was about... You would have a verse, and then you'd have the chorus, and you'd have another verse, and a chorus, and another verse. That's the way we sang it. And each verse developed that theme in, and uh, expounded and brought out. It would go from the Old Testament, New Testament, bring all the... And, and there was a lot of scriptural references. The verses came out of, out of the spiritual experiences that were based in the Bible. When the, when the charismatic movement came, it was the music that came out of the charismatic re, uh, renewal was mostly little choruses. And uh, I call them little ditties. Just little choruses, you know, and, and it, was, it was sort of liberating from sort of the structure and, that had taken because some of the hymns of, of old because they had been around, some of them for centuries, the high, the, the start to say the highbrow church, the, uh, the dead church, let's just say the dead church, okay? God's chosen frozen people, you know. <laughs> they would sing the hymns in church like this, you know, the choirs were very rigid and there was no joy and there was no, but, but the words to the hymns were very good. There was just no life in the singing of them. 
And when the charismatic revival came, it brought a, a spontaneity and worship that was really refreshing and, and these little choruses sprung up. But the choruses weren't very developed. You know, it would just be, a, be one idea. Well, when the word of faith uh, movement kind of sprang up in the, in, out of the soil of the larger charismatic movement and, uh, and we were word people. Not all charismatics were real solid in the word. A lot of charismatics were more on experience and, and so forth than they were the word. But God uh, raised up Kenneth Hagin, and this had been, you know, he'd been raising him up for years. But the charismatic renewal was the, was the, uh, uh, the movement that, that launched his ministry. That's where he started getting national prominence because full gospel businessmen, different uh, conventions around the country really began to take off, you know, charismatic. And they would have Brother Hagin. And so his, his ministry and teaching really uh, went nationwide during this time. And, uh, and, the, and the distinctive thing about it, it was a word movement. Word, the word, the word, the word. We were purists. You know, if it's if not according to the word, we're not saying it, we're not confessing it, we're not even thinking it. You know, it's got to be the word, the word, the word, the word. And that's, and that's great. That should be that way. But the failure of the word of faith movement is we did about as bad a job as the charismatics did in writing songs. Most of the, of the songs that we sang in the first, you know, uh, 30 years of this church was just, you know, word, word of faith songs. They're just little choruses and maybe have one verse. And we'd sing it, you know, about 65 times. And... Uh, then when the, the worship movement began to uh, grow uh, in, the, in the United States and, and around the world, the Hillsong type uh, songs, and there was, there's a movement that is focused on worship. And, and I don't know all the different names of the, of the, of the uh, organizations or the, or the ministries, but... Uh, there's been a real move of God in worship. The, the songs in, in this that's come out of this worship movement tend to be less word-oriented. They're really not redemption-based. I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying there's not good songs. But the songs tend to be based on feeling and subjective uh, experience and the way one feels and and, and, and they're about the mercy and goodness of God. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, there's, not, there's not a strong vein of redemption truth like there was in the Word of Faith choruses. And that was the thing that, that's, you know, one of the things that's always bothered me. But as, as, as Word of Faith churches uh, gradually moved away from singing our own songs to singing the songs of, of this worship movement. Uh, it's taken over most of our churches. Uh, the, the songs sometimes are lacking. And one thing they're lacking in is a knowledge of the Father. And, I've, and Steve can tell you, I've been talking to him about this for about a year that so, so many of our songs, they, there's no mention of the Father. If we sing songs like we did tonight about the Father, we go back. We have to reach back to find those. The newer songs, as Steve will tell you, they're just not available. 
All the references to God are to God. And before I go any further, it's scriptural to refer to God as God. That's not unscriptural. But there is a precious truth of his fatherhood that we are his sons and he is our father. That is, is, is basically non-existent in the modern era of, of songs and choruses that, that are so popular today. And Steve does his best, you know, in selecting songs, but so often that you can't always change a song that sings about the father and, or sings about God and put the father in it because have you noticed father is two syllables and God is one and it messes up the whole rhythm of the song. It just doesn't fit. There's one note there for God. And if you add father in it, it just messes the time. You just can't do it. And so we've talked about this. And so that's why this morning, you know, he, he uh, took one of the songs and, and you know, there's, there's no competition between the father and the son. They're not vying for time or representation. In fact, the father has decreed that, the, that in all things that Jesus have the preeminence. But on the other hand, Jesus came to reveal the father to us. Amen. And uh, so I want to I read some scriptures to refresh our thoughts about the revelation of the Father. Jesus came, uh, of course, to bring eternal life. He came to give us life. He came uh, to save, seeking to save that were those who were lost and so forth. But one thing that was very important that Jesus brought was a revelation of the Father. The Jews did not see God as father. Coming out of the Old Testament, the Jews had a a, a revelation of God in his awesome power. And that he was a God of might, a God of glory, and a a God of of judgment. Because so often their, their behavior called on the judgment of God. And so... Uh, he was a very, uh, the concept the Jews had of God was a very austere, a very uh, uh, somber uh, God. And Jesus came on the scene talking about the Father, the Father, the Father, the Father. If you run a, 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 a search through the Gospels, you'll find probably a, a couple of hundred references to the Father just in the, just in the Gospels, just in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And... Uh, so I want, to, I want us to, to look at some of these tonight and we need to refresh our revelation of God our Father. That needs to be something that is alive in us. Not just something we say, but the, it, the, it needs to be revelation again. In Matthew 6, for instance, verses 6 through 9, Jesus said, when you pray, go into your room And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. Now notice the the heathen pray. (laughs) But their, but their prayers are in vain. 
because they don't know God. Jesus said, don't be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Glory to God. This presents Jesus as a loving father. He says, in this manner, therefore pray, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our, he said, when you pray, pray our father. Now it's not unscriptural to, to pray and call on God because we, we have New Testament uh, references for that. But at the same time, he is our father. And Jesus emphasized when we pray, pray our father who is in heaven. Amen? If you go into the seventh chapter, that's Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter seven, verse number seven, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That was a revolutionary idea to the Jews that God is a loving father and that if, if you being natural people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much do, parent, how much do parents love to, to, to do something good for their children? We love it. How much more, Jesus said, will your father in heaven give good things? Glory to God. We have a loving father who is interested in us, who cares about us more than any earthly father ever loved a child. Oh, hallelujah. It's a precious, life-changing truth. We skip over to John's gospel, chapter one, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out saying, this, is, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received in grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, John said. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. Jesus came to declare the father, to declare the fatherhood of God, to declare him as father. In the fourth chapter of John, it says, in, it says, but the hour is coming, verse 23, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Notice he, 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 he referred to God. 
This is just to, to underscore what I'm saying. It's not unscriptural to refer to God as God, but as sons and daughters of God, we ought to emphasize his fatherhood. Amen. Anybody can call on God, but only believers can call on the father. Anybody can have a, have a knowledge of God, but only believers, only Christians, only those who are born again can have a knowledge of the father. Glory to God. We're a family that, that no one else except this family is a part of this family or can experience this part of God's nature. Amen. Hallelujah. In John 14, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father. And it's, it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you? And yet have you not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. Hallelujah. Jesus came to embody the father. If you want to know what the father's like, he said, look at me. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. Glory to God. Now, when I was a young man and just gotten back into fellowship with the Lord, I was talking about that a little bit this morning and I started going to church. Now, I, I thought about this. Sometimes you say things in church and then you go back later and you think, did I really say that that way? I, when I started going back to, to this church of God that, that I had gone to when I was a, a young person, uh, you know, I, I had all these old friends and I wanted to, I wanted to stay in fellowship and, and maintain my fr- friendship, but I couldn't. I just couldn't. There was just nothing there anymore. I, it wasn't that I, I, had, I didn't like them anymore. I still liked them, still loved them. But there was no fellowship. It was like trying to fellowship with a, with a cow or something. You just can't do it. There's just, there's just no basis for fellowship. And, I, and, so I, and I, you know, it took me about three months to start going to church, I think, two or three months. And uh, I was a little slow, you know. And uh, so I, I realized I need to start going to church. Well, I, you know, Lord led me to go back to the church that I had left. And I went back, you know, and, and when I said this morning that, you know, they were corny and I remember thinking, Lord, what am I doing in this cracker church? This is a cracker church. What am I doing here? But just in case somebody, because I found out that some of my old friends from that church sometime listened to my messages. <laughs> so I want to make this clear. It wasn't a cracker church. And they weren't corny. They were, in fact, very intelligent. There were a lot of educated people in the church. They were cultured. But from my hippie perspective, from my alt lifestyle, I perceived them as being crackers and corny. They weren't. I want to establish that they weren't. If you're listening to me, you weren't corny. <laughs> But as I got, you know, into church and someone started giving me some information about, about faith and some books and started listening to some tapes and things, I got a hold of this message of the fatherhood of God. And it so uh, answered a need in my life because, see, I had, I had lost my father. My father had, had been killed when I was 11 years old. And first of all, I was very angry about that. 
But there was something missing in my life. Even though I had good memories of my father up until that time, uh, they're, they're from, a, they're from a, uh, a very immature perspective because I was only 11 years old. I didn't pay attention to a lot of things, but I had a good father. He was a good role model. He was a godly man. He was committed to his family. He was committed to his church. He, he had a great reputation. And, and uh, as much as I was listening, which very often wasn't very much, you know, I learned, but I missed a lot. And when I was introduced to the truth that God would be a father to me, it made such a difference in my life. It, it met a need that was on the inside of me that maybe you don't relate to, but, but you, should, you should still have that same revelation that God is not just a faraway God sitting on the throne. He is all of that, but he's my daddy. He's my father. Oh, glory to God. We need to keep that alive in us. Amen. In John's gospel, go with me to John chapter 17. Glory to God. I don't know why my tablet does what it does sometimes. John chapter 17. Hallelujah. Jesus is praying for the disciples, but he's also praying for the church. He's praying for us here. Verse 20 says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and here's what's underscored in my Bible, and have loved them as you have loved me. Glory to God. You see in the life of the Lord Jesus this intimacy with with him and the Father. You see a perfect fellowship, a perfect uh, joint participation. Jesus was in this world and no one understood him except marginally John the Baptist did up to a point. His disciples didn't understand him. His family didn't understand him. The prophets of old says about Christ, he said, I was cast upon you, God, from my birth. He had no one but the Father really to fellowship with. And he and the Father walked in harmony. He 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 lifted his eyes up to heaven and prayed, oh, Father, this or that. He taught us about the Father. And we need to let the, this truth permeate our lives. We need, to, we need to have that same fellowship because the Father is offering that same fellowship. He wants that same fellowship that he had with the Lord Jesus, that same intimacy. He wants that for every one of his children. He doesn't have favorites except 
All of us are favorites. He does have favorites and we're all favorites. <laughs> he, he, he dotes over each one of us, cares for each one of us, watches for us. The scripture we referred to this morning over in James, the spirit that's within us yearns for us from the Father. That yearning, that desire comes from our Father. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. If you go into Paul's epistles, there's a, there's a consciousness of the Father all through them. In Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1. In verse number 7, he said, To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, so here God. I've noticed that Paul refers to God in, uh, in referring about him. But when he's, when he's talking more about a, a personal relation, it's not just, ref, not just a reference to him when he's, when, he's, when he's not just talking about him, but specifically if he's bringing something from God, he refers to him as the Father. He said, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Go with me over to uh, 1 Corinthians. Verse, first chapter, verse number three. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you go over to 2 Corinthians, I'm not sure since it's the second epistle that he did that again, but probably did. Yeah, verse number, first chapter, verse number two. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you go over to Galatians, now you say, well, you know, this was just a habit with Paul. No, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Did you forget that? No, Galatians 1, chapter three, or, or Galatians 1, uh, verse three, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Going over to Ephesians, chapter one. Grace to you, verse 2 says, and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, blessed, is, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll, we'll come back and read more of that. Going over to uh, Philippians, verse number 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Going over to Colossians, verse number 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Go over to 1 Thessalonians, verse number one. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Go over to Timothy. Verse number two says, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Mixed up the wording a little bit there, didn't he? <laughs> Hallelujah. Titus, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus and, and the Lord Jesus our Savior. Philemon, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So you see in Paul's epistles, he starts out 
from the context that we have a father. And everything in these, in these verses, in, in, these, in these chapters and verses, uh, spring out of that relationship that was so important to the apostle. I want to go back now, go back to Romans. I, don't want, I want to go through a few of these epistles and just bring out a few things. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. Hallelujah. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Thank God. Now, he doesn't talk, he doesn't talk about the Father, but he talks about our sonship, which is central to that. Isn't that right? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That word, that word Abba in the Greek, in the Greek, the word Abba comes from a word which means, it's a very tender word for father. It's like daddy in English. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. Oh, glory to God. Going over to Galatians. Mentions the same sort of thing. Galatians chapter 6. Hallelujah. Galatians, excuse me, Galatians 3. Galatians 3. And look at verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We're sons of God. Go to the fourth chapter. And look at verse number six. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. God has sent his spirit into our heart. And when he comes into our heart, he's crying out, Abba, Daddy, my father, oh, glory to God. It'll help you to meditate on the fact that, that God is your very father. More so than your earthly father could ever be. And that you are his son. Oh, glory to God and daughter, amen. Oh, that's so precious. Amen. Second Corinthians Look at 2 Corinthians. Go back to chapter 6. Verse number 17. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You know, God is the Almighty. He is the Lord Almighty. He is the, the God, the possessor of heaven and earth, the creator of all things. But glory to God, he said, I will be a father to you. I'll be a father to you. Hallelujah. Mm, thrills me. Thrills my heart. Glory to God. Over in, in, uh, in if, go back to Ephesians. Go back to Ephesians. So, Pastor, you're reading a lot of scripture tonight. Yeah, they're good for you. 
Verse number three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord. This is the first chapter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in union with him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Who is him? Our Father. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according, according to the good pleasure of his will. You know, God, God is not, uh, it doesn't strain God to have a relationship with you. Amen. I don't know where, I, years ago, somewhere along the line, I, I, it, it seemed to be popular for people to say, well, you know, when God looks to me, you know, he doesn't see me as I really am. He looks at me through the blood of Jesus. And, you know, that, that sounded good. I thought, well, that's nice. You know, he looks at me. But then I, one day I began to realize, you know, it almost sounds like he can't stand to look at me. And he has to have the blood of Jesus to sort of screen the miserable image of me. <laughs> That's not true. He, he predestined us to be sons uh, according to his good pleasure. It's the Father's good pleasure. Glory to God. To go down to verse number 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. This is part of that revelation. Knowing God as Father is part of that revelation. I heard Brother Hagin say many, many years ago, he said, you know, he was talking about this, that, that to the world, uh, he's God, but to the believer, he's Father. And he made this statement. He said, I can always tell what kind of fellowship a believer has by listening to them pray. And if they're always praying to God, God do this, God do that, God, God, God. He said, if they're always praying to God, he said, I, I, I know they don't really have a relationship as father. They don't really see him as father. Jesus said, when you pray to the father, pray in the name of Jesus. But who do you pray to? You pray to the father. Jesus never instructed us to pray to God. He always instructed us to pray to the Father. For when you pray, pray after this manner, our Father. Oh, glory to God. Whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Well, praise God. The second chapter of Ephesians, verse 18, through Christ, through him, which is Christ, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Out from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. All family uh, relationships. The very concept of family that we have in our individual homes where there's a dad or a mom and, and, and children and grandparents and so forth, that very concept of our family finds its source in God our Father and us as his children. Oh, hallelujah. I believe it was probably, if I'm remembering, it was probably this verse 
if I remember right, that Dad Hagen was, was preaching and teaching about, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father. He said people who just pray to God all the time and they, and, and they never mention the Father, he said they don't, have, they don't have that relation. They have a relationship, but they don't have that fellowship. Amen. Because I tell you what, if, if, if it's real to you, you'll call on the Father of Spirits. Chapter 4, verse number 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Chapter 5, verse number 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 6, verse number 23. Peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of my all-time most precious scriptures is in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified me to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered me from the authority of darkness and has translated me. New King James says, conveyed me. I like the old King James, translated me into the kingdom of his dear son. Glory to God. The kingdom that that we're in is a kingdom of sons. It's the kingdom of his dear son, but we are all sons. And our father is God over all. Oh, hallelujah. I just want to tonight to stir you up in the reality that we have a father in heaven. We don't have just a faraway, impersonal God. We have someone who has given us new birth. He has caused his spirit to move upon us, recreate us, and and bring us into his family. Glory to God. Church, develop that intimacy in your prayer life. Develop that intimacy in your prayer life where you call upon the Father. It will enrich you. It will enrich your life. It will enrich your prayer life. It will enrich your uh, knowledge of him and, and, and uh, your fellowship with him will be, it will go to another level. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. Did you get anything out of that tonight? Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, let's stand up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So I've instructed Brother Steve, to, to change as many songs as he can. I won't goof the song up too much, you know. And sometimes you can add another little half note in there, you know, and, and stick two syllables in, but not all the time. But uh, it, it's, he'll tell you, it's, it's hard to find songs that, that are about the Father. You, new songs are just not being written that way. That's such a shame. We're not going to lose that. We don't, we don't have to have new songs that bad. <laughs> Amen. We don't have to keep up with the mainstream and what's going on in, 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 in current worship trends. If it's going to take away from our knowledge of the Father, we're going to sing to God our Father. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area,